Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu salam ala Rasulillah, wa ala ali wa sahbihi wa lah, amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. Tayyip, so today inshallah ta'ala, <coughs> we are continuing with hadith number 29. And this is, and for anybody who's uh, socializing, Alhamdulillah, we have a lounge area, so no problem. Continue your socializing, but please do so in the lounge area. Jazakallah khair. So, the, uh, uh, the hadith is narrated upon Mu'ad ibn Jabal and this is a hadith which is found in Tirmidhi, it's a Hassan hadith. And the hadith goes as follows. Kuntu ma'an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi safarin fa'asbahtu yawman qariban minhu wa nahnu nasir. I accompanied the Prophet sallallahu on a journey and one day I, when I was near to him on our, on our way, when I was moving, when we were moving together, faqultu, so I said to him, Ya Rasulullah, أَخْبِرْنِي بِعَمَلٍ يُدْخِلُنِي الْجَنَّةَ وَيُبَاعِدُنِي مِنَ النَّارِ O Messenger of Allah tell me about an action that I can do which will admit me into paradise and which will keep me far and distance me from the hellfire. To which the Prophet said, قَالَ لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَنِي عَنْ عَظِيمٍ The Prophet said in response, you have indeed asked me about something huge, something great. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ but it is going to be easy for whoever Allah makes it easy for. SubhanAllah. Then, then the Prophet continues and says, That you should worship Allah and do not associate any partners with Him. Establish the prayer, give zakah, fast Ramadan, and perform hajj to the house. So that's the first response. But then the Prophet continues. <clears throat> Should I not guide you to the doors of goodness? And then the Prophet describes that and says, Fasting is a shield. And charity extinguishes sins like water extinguishes fire. Min layl, and same thing with a man's praying in the depth of the night. ثم تلا, and then the Prophet recited the ayat, So then the Prophet recited two ayat from Surah, uh, uh, surah uh, Sajda that mention those who pray late in the night. And we'll talk about that as we get there, inshallah. Then the Prophet said, Should I not inform you? about the head of the matter entirely. وَعَمُودِهِ and its pillar. وَذِرْوَةِ سَنَامِهِ and its apex. قُلْتُ بَلَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So I said, yes, of course, O Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. قَالَ رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَاةِ وَذِرْوَةُ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ So then the Prophet said, the head of the matter is Islam, its pillar is prayer, and its apex is jihad. And then, ثُمَّ قَالَ Then the Prophet continued and said, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ then the Prophet said, Shall I not inform you about what governs all of that? فَقُلْتُ So then I said in response, بَلَا يَا, يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ Yes, of course, O Prophet, o prophet of Allah. فَقَالْ So the Prophet said in response, فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ So then he took his, his he, he grabbed his own tongue. قَالْ كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا He said, Restrain this. فَقُلْتُ يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ وَإِنَّا لَمُؤَاخَذُونَ بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ and then Mu'adh bin Jabal, he was shocked and he said, O Prophet of Allah, will, will we be taken account for what we say? And then the Prophet responded, فَقَالْ ثَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ يَا مُعَادْ 
which translates to, may your mother grieve over you. But it's like, are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. It's similar to that. And then Prophet said, what? Are the people thrown into the fire upon their faces or upon their noses except by what their, tongue, what their tongues have wrought, what their tongues have earned? So subhanAllah, it's a lengthy hadith and I'm not going to try to take too long on this because <clears throat> I don't want to make it, uh, you know, uh, tiresome. But inshallah ta'ala, let's break it down piece by piece. So the first portion, he says, Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says what? I was with the Prophet and I want to ask this question. O Messenger of Allah, inform me what action I could do that brings me to paradise and that will distance me from the fire. Now what's interesting is that there are a few narrations of this hadith. And in one of the narrations, it actually says it very differently. Listen to the wording, subhanAllah. Look at the emotion in it. In one of the wordings it says, Ya Rasulullah, I'tan li as'aluka an kalimatin qada amradatni wa asqamatni wa ahzanatni. SubhanAllah, he says, O Messenger of Allah, allow me to ask you something that has made me sick, it has made me ill, and it has given me lots of grief and worry. SubhanAllah. So the way that the question is being asked, both of them indicate what? That this was on the minds of the Sahaba. And this is the first thing that we need to ask ourselves is, if the question of what's going to get me to paradise, what's going to take me away from the fire, if this is what lays heavy on the hearts of the believers, then the question we have to ask ourselves is, what lays heavy on my heart? Oh man, what about my bills? What about my taxes? What about my, I don't know, I have to buy this and I have to go get that. And what about my degree? And what about my... And yes, of course, there's lots of valid concerns. <clears throat> but what's at the top of the list? And how often do you say, Ya Allah, will I actually make it to paradise? Ya Allah, am I actually fulfilling my purpose? Ya Allah, are you pleased with me or are you angry with me? So the fact that Mu'adh gets a little bit close to the Messenger of Allah and most of us would love to ask questions like what? Tell me about the last days and the Dajjal and tell me about jinn and tell me about this and tell me about that. You know, just curiosity questions. But he's not asking these type of curiosity questions. What is he asking? He's asking what? I'm worried. It's made me worry with grief and sickness. I'm so scared and I want to know. What's this thing that I can do? It's going to get me close to paradise and take me away from the fire. SubhanAllah. So we have to ask these questions as well. And then the Prophet he reflects that level of concern by saying, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَنِي عَنْ عَظِيمٌ You've asked me about something huge, but subhanAllah, he's saying that this is a big deal. But at the same time, he doesn't want to overly scare him. And so you see that at the same time, he says, وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ But also, Allah will make it easy upon those who He will make it easy for. In other words, that yes, it, you should take it very seriously, but at the same time, don't feel like it's going to defeat you, like you, can, you never have a chance. Because inshallah, Allah will give you mercy. And so, Another thing that we learn from this wording of it is that subhanAllah, he's saying getting to paradise is a huge deal and our deeds can't get us there alone but Allah Ta'ala can forgive us and Allah Ta'ala through His mercy can allow us to get there. So even though you can't get there yourself, this is such a huge thing and the idea of, of working your way there is really not possible because you can't earn it yourself. But you can work towards it and show sincerity and then Allah Ta'ala will forgive you. And we know this from the hadith. It's a different hadith, but still the Prophet says what? Laysa ahadun minkum yunjihi amaluhu And none of you will, none of you will, uh, none amongst you will be of those who their deeds will take them to paradise. It's never going to be the case that your actions will bring you to paradise. And they said, Wala anta, ya Rasulullah, not even you, O Messenger of Allah. And the Prophet said, Wala ana, not even me. No, except that Allah is going to enshroud me entirely with what? With mercy, with forgiveness and mercy. So subhanAllah, this is why it's such a big deal. 
because you're asking me, how do I get my actions to take me there? No, 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 your actions can't take you there, but you can do actions that bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, Allah will enshroud you and cover you with mercy. So this is the objective. And furthermore, this reminds us that Allah ta'ala is al-fattah. That He's the one that opens the doors. He's the one that opens the abilities for you to get to paradise. It's not that you can do it on yourself or by yourself. And same thing, Allah is al-hadi, He is the guide. Yes, you can seek out guidance, but ultimately, if Allah Ta'ala does not grant you guidance, you won't be guided. If Allah does not open the doors for you, the doors will not be opened. So never think it's in my own hands, and this is causing a lot of humility. <clears throat> and then the first portion is what? Worship Allah alone, without or any partners. Establish the prayer, give the zakah, uh, fast Ramadan and make Hajj. So this is clearly the five pillars of Islam and we're not going to go into detail there again because we've done this before in previous ahadith. So we can go back to those ones if you want to cover those in more depth. But then the Prophet says something very fascinating. So after laying down the foundation, five pillars of Islam, this is the foundation. Now do you want me to indicate to you two higher than that? What about extra? Do you want to stay at the bare minimum or you want to go further? The fact that the Prophet is engaging the audience is saying, are you, do you have a capacity for more? Are you hungry for more? Do you want to rise higher in rank? And his answer is, of course, yes. Then the Prophet ﷺ now opens up <clears throat> and mentions several things. Fasting is a shield. Is he talking about the obligatory fast? No, he already mentioned the obligatory fast of Ramadan. Now he's talking about extra fasting and saying what? This is, this is going to be a shield for you. Why? Because fasting by its very nature is developing discipline. When you're able to say no to your base desires of uh, uh, food, drink, and intimacy, then subhanAllah, when you, when you strengthen yourself to say no to those basic things, then subhanAllah, you develop discipline. And when you have discipline, you can shield, your, shield yourself from falling prey to your worst impulses. So subhanAllah, this is very uh, a beautiful statement. Asomu junnatun, that fasting is a shield. And we should all remember that this upcoming Monday is the 9th of Dhul Hijjah. And the 9th of Dhul Hijjah is the day of Arafah. And therefore, and the Prophet said about the day of Arafah, <clears throat> The Prophet said in Sahih Muslim, the day of Arafah, you fast on that day, it will expiate the sins of the preceding year and the coming year. So subhanAllah, what a huge day that all the Hajjaj made their sacrifices to get to, uh, to Hajj and that subhanAllah to, to, to make their pilgrimage and that on that day we fast with the, with the rest of the Ummah and this is inshallah the day that they're all the Hajjaj are making dua for the whole day on Mount Arafah. It's a great day <clears throat> and so inshallah ta'ala we should take it very seriously and fast that day. Then the Prophet says what? وَالصَّدَقَةُ تُطْفِئُ الْخَطِيئَةَ كَمَا يُطْفِئُ الْمَاءَ النَّارِ That charity extinguishes sins like water extinguishes fire. Is this talking about obligatory charity like zakah? No, he already mentioned that. Now he's saying go even further. You do have to do your obligatory fast, but you can fast extra. You have to do your obligatory charity, but now you can go further. And saying what? That it's going to wipe away your sins and extinguish your sins. Like imagine if your sins were this smoldering fire and just dumping a lot of water on it. And obviously you don't want to throw just sprinkles on it. You want to as much as you can, inshallah ta'ala. So based on your means, you want to give as much as you can, bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. So as Allah ta'ala tells us, innal hasanat yudhibna sayyat, that indeed good deeds wipe away bad deeds. And I want to take a moment here just to remind everybody about a very simple concept that subhanAllah, so many of us forget it, and when we forget it, <clears throat> we suffer as a result. Many people come to me and they ask, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get over this addiction of mine, I have a problem, I keep falling into certain sins, so on and so forth, and they say, I don't know what to do. This happens all the time, and I'm sure there are many people in this room that have this very same issue. How, get, how do I get over these addictions, these problems, whatever the case is? So, there's a very, very simple answer. Let's say you're not strong enough to stop. Okay, fine. I grant you that. You're not strong enough to stop. You try to resist, but then you're going to fall back into it. Okay, I grant you that. All you got to do is what? You go to the bank, 
and you get a certain denomination. I don't know if they're all a stack of ones, or a stack of fives, or a stack of twenties, whatever is based on your means, right? Depending on how much you can spend. And what do you do? Every time you fall into that sin, okay, khair, inshallah, you did it. It's, I'm, not, I'm not approving of it, it's obviously not a good thing. But, okay, you did it because you fell into weakness. Okay, no problem, what do you do? Take one of those one dollars, put it in the jar. Put it in the sadaqah. They, even in the Western world, they call this what? A swear jar. I'm sure we all remember this from, I don't know, some sitcoms back in the 90s, whatever, you know. Oh, you have a swear jar, something like this. Anyway, so the idea is what? Somebody would have the bad habit of, you know, saying a bad word. And what would they do? They say, oh, put $1 in the swear jar. And then if you do that every single time, eventually the person, what? Cleans up their vocabulary. It's the same concept. And so whenever somebody says, I don't have the strength to stop this. I say, no problem. You don't have to have the strength to stop this. But you have to be consistent and say every time, I cross that line, that's another five, that's another five, and another five. And if it goes all year, alhamdulillah. Why? Because good deeds wipe away bad deeds. This isn't a license to do evil, but alhamdulillah, you will find that slowly but surely, your willpower, shockingly, is developing a little bit more strength. Why is that the case? Because Allahu Akbar, people take their money very seriously. So, next time you're saying, I don't know how to get over this problem, don't forget this. Important, important hadith. So let's remember that, inshallah. Then the next one is what? And same thing with And same thing with the prayers in the middle of the night. If you want to expiate these sins, what do you do? You pray in the middle of the night. And this is for those who have no money. Nobody can say, well, I don't have any money. I can't get rid of my sins. No problem. Wake up in the middle of the night. Even if you have zero, you can still wake up inshallah ta'ala and pray. And we know that the Prophet again, this is not referring to the obligatory prayers because that was mentioned in the five pillars. This is talking about in the middle of the night, tahajjud, qiyam al-layl, as the Prophet says, says afdulus salati ba'da salati al-maktubati as-salatu fi jawf al-layl. That the best of prayers after the obligatory prayers are the prayers in the middle or the depths of the night. So yes, then the Prophet recites these two ayat, beautiful ayat which are so motivational, describing the believers. And it exactly mentions these two ideas of prayer and charity. It says they arise from their, their beds and they make dua, they supplicate to their Lord in fear and in aspiration. Uh, and from what we have provided for them, they spend. They spend from what we have provided. نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ قُرَّةِ أَعْيُنٍ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ And no soul knows what, is, what has been hidden from it, from the comfort of the eyes. I, that's a bad translation. The word قُرَّةِ أَعْيُنٍ actually means from the coolness of the eyes. And the Arabs, they had this idea of, you know, uh, uh, hot tears and cold, cool tears. Obviously, you know, you could cry from uh, pain and you could cry from happiness, right? We all know the difference, I'm sure. You know, you get, <laughs> everybody knows what I'm talking about. There's two different types of crying because you're overwhelmed with pain and crying because you're overwhelmed with joy. So, qurrata a'yunin means the coolness of my eyes. In other words, I'm so overwhelmed with happiness that it's bringing tears to my eyes, right? And so, subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala is saying what? That no soul knows what's in store in paradise of the things that are such beautiful pleasures that subhanAllah, it'll make your eyes cool with tears. You're gonna cry with the, uh, with happiness and uh, appreciation for Allah's reward. The hadith continues. <clears throat> and both of them, by the way, charity, you're supposed to do it so hidden that you can't see, one hand doesn't see the other hand doing it. And jofil layl, in the middle of the night, it's also super private. So in both cases, the idea is what? Ensure sincerity. Ensure your sincerity by doing it so privately and not boasting about it and saying, Ya Allah, I know this is for you only because nobody else knows. So how could it be for anybody else? 
Then the hadith continues. And again, the Prophet keeps checking in with the audience. Keeps checking in and saying, Ya Mu'adh, you still with me? You want more? Can you handle more? Are you still paying attention? So he says, Ala ukhbiruka bi ra'sil amri kullihi wa amudihi wa dhirwati sanamihi qultu bala ya Rasulullah. So should I not tell you the head of the matter? What is the matter? Well, the matter that he's asking about is entrance into paradise and distance from hellfire. So should I not tell you about the head of the matter and its pillar and its peak? And so this is a beautiful hadith because now he's summarizing. The first one was the basics, five pillars. Then after that, go further. Go a little bit further in your salah, in your charity, and in your fasting. Go a little bit further, you can do extra. But now let me summarize the whole thing. And how does he summarize it? In three points, and we can say three S's. Submission, salah, and struggle. Subhanallah. So he says what? He says, وَقَالَ رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ The head of the matter is Islam. You have to do your shahada. That's the head. That's the first thing. And then, وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَاةِ It's pillar, the thing that holds the whole edifice up. And if you knock it out, the whole thing comes crumbling down. This is, by the way, the strongest, it seems to be the strongest opinion that, most, that many scholars, they come to the conclusion that somebody who says the shahada, but never has completely abandoned salah. We're not talking about missing sometimes, praying late sometimes. I'm talking about abandoning salah. Such a person is not a Muslim. This is the opinion, not my opinion. It is the opinion of many, many different scholars. And we've talked about that in previous halaqat. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. So, naturally, this hadith is saying, وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَةِ The pillar holding the whole thing up is the salah. Why? Because you only fast once a year. You only give zakah once a year. You only make hajj once in a lifetime. So what is the thing on the daily basis that's keeping your deen alive? Five daily salawat. This is the whole pillar holding the whole thing up. وَذِرْوَةُ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ And the apex of it, the top of it. The highest point is what? Fighting fi sabilillah. Now, of course, jihad falls into three categories. The first one is obviously military, <clears throat> militarily. Which means what? Fighting against injustice. So if you're fighting against injustice and stopping oppression on the land, how does it get any higher than this? This is the apex of putting your life on the line for the sake of the greater good. Obviously, this is the high, as high as it gets. Then intellectually, there's jihad intellectually. What does that imply? It implies da'wah. Establishing that, the truth of Islam and the falsehood of kufr. And this is what we want to establish ourselves as, as much as we can. We want to do the jihad. Wajahidu uh, bihi. Jihad and Kabira, I think I might be quoting that wrong, but Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Furqan that strive with it, and the it here is the Qur'an. Allah is saying, fight or make jihad with it, with the Qur'an. Yani what, that, do I hit people with the Qur'an? No, clearly this is talking about intellectual uh, 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 jihad. And then the third one is what? Jihad al-Nafs, fighting against your own self and your own base desires. And there's a beautiful quote I came across recently from Ali ibn Abi Talib, he says, Jahidu ahwa'akum kama tujahiduna a'da'akum. I was like, whoa, subhanAllah. So such simple words, but so, so if you, when you think about it, you think, subhanAllah, if only we could do this. He's saying what? Fight your desires the same way you'd fight your enemy. Think about such a statement. Think about the way you treat your enemy. Imagine somebody's coming at you and threatening you, your family, your life. What are you going to do? You're not going to show any mercy, right? You're going to, you're going to wipe this guy. You're going to take full care of this guy. You're going to make sure you leave no room for any doubt. Clearly, everybody knows that, that you know, fight or flight situation, you're going to do your absolute worst, naturally. So, how do you deal with your desires? Imagine if we had that same attitude when it came to every time a shahwa, every time shaitan came with waswasa, every time this evil came to our minds, imagine if we had that same sort of rage and that same sort of enmity towards our shahawat that we could fight as if this was our enemy. Allahu Akbar, what a great statement. So short but so powerful. And if we don't, if we abandon the struggle, Allah says He'll replace us, as Allah mentions in Surah At-Tawbah, 
إلا تنفروا يعذبكم عذابا أليما ويستبدل قوما غيركم ولا تضروه شيئا والله على كل شيء قدير If you do not go forth, if you do not go forth with jihad, fighting and so forth He will punish you with a painful punishment and will replace you with another people and you will not harm him, you will not harm Allah at all Allah is competent over all things Then the hadith continues and again the Prophet keeps checking in What does he say? ألا أخبرك بملاك ذلك ذلك كله Should I not inform you about what governs all of that? Now another summary just to say, listen, if you can't hold on to anything I just said, just remember this one simple thing and you will see that it makes a big difference. And what is that? قُلْتُ بَلَيَا يَا نَبِيَ اللَّهِ He says, of course, what's that one big thing that's going to help me conquer all of this? And so he says, what? فَأَخْذَ بِلِسَانِهِ وَقَالَ He grabbed his tongue. He said, let me show you. See this? And he said, what? كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا Restrain this. Be careful with your tongue. Be very careful with your tongue. Why? And then, Subhanallah, Mu'adh ibn Jamal Radwan, who he says, Ya Nabi Allah, wa inna la mu'akhadhuna bima natakalamu bihi. Are we seriously going to be taking account for the things that we say? Realizing that, man, people, people just talk, right? People don't pay attention. Words come out, and then what I say a second ago? I don't know. I just said something. So, are we going to be taking account? And then he says, what? Thakilatka ummuka, ya Mu'adh, may your mother grieve you. As in, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Come on, man. Of course. And saying what? وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ النَّاسَ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ أَوْ عَلَى مَنَاخِرِهِمْ إِلَّا حَصَائِدُ أَلْسِنَتِهِمْ Is there anything that throws people on their faces or on their noses into the fire more than what their tongues have earned? Why is this the case? SubhanAllah. Because think about the actions of the tongue. People do shirk by what? Speaking shirk. That's one thing. Furthermore, speaking about even Muslims, speak about Allah without knowledge. Oh, I think this is halal, I think this is haram. SubhanAllah. This is not a, this is not a joke. Right? It's not something small. It's uh, speaking on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with no knowledge. False witnessing, shahadat is zur, right? False witness is a major sin. Lying, backbiting, gossiping, character assassination, so on and so forth. That all of these things are huge sins. And Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, he has an incredible quote where he says what? وَمِنَ الْعَجَبِ It's so amazing to me. أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَهُونُ عَلَيْهِ التحفظ والاحتراز من أكل الحرام والظلم والزنا والسرقة والشرب الخمر ومن النظر المحرم وغير ذلك ويصعب عليه التحفظ من حركة لسانه. So Ibn Taymiyyah has a beautiful quote. He says what? It's amazing to me how easy it is for people to control and protect themselves from eating what is haram and oppressing and fornicating and stealing and drinking alcohol and looking at haram. Sometimes you find someone who's practicing strong in their deen and all these things become easy for that person. And yet he says... And yet it's difficult for him to control the movement of his tongue. You just can't stop flapping your, but as they say, bumping your gums, bumping your lips, whatever term you want to give. SubhanAllah, some people, that's just, the, that's just the fact. And he says, even those who are strong, even those who can resist A, B, C, D, you can resist so much. But when it comes to your, your tongue, no control whatsoever. It just keeps running your mouth. SubhanAllah. And if you don't remember any quote, just remember this one quote, because I found this to be perhaps one of the strongest ones as I was going through this. Az-Zuhri, rahimahullah, he says this, إِذَا طَالَ الْمَجْلِسُ كَانَ لِلشَّيْطَانِ فِيهِ نَصِيبٌ Subhanallah. How true. How, how sad and how true it is. He says, if the gathering becomes long, then shaitan gets a portion of it. Subhanallah. I experienced this recently, you know. I was spending some time with some people, and at the beginning, you know, the conversation is very good. Alhamdulillah, you know, good reminders, good points, good this and that. And then there's a moment where you say to yourself, this is probably, you know, ended on a high note. This is probably a good time to go. But then the night gets long, it gets late, and then, well, and then topics start going this way and that way, and people start mentioning this person and that person, and they say, 
why did I stay all this long? Why did I, why did I indulge in this? And he says, SubhanAllah, Astaghfirullah. I came across this quote and I thought, you know, SubhanAllah, he got it exactly right. He says, listen, socialize, right? We're not, we don't live in a cave and become a hermit and stay away from society. No, of course, you have to be a social person and spend time with people. But there is that moment where you know, Alhamdulillah, the best of the conversation is behind us. From here on forward, it's only downhill. Or what's the expression? Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. or stuff like this, right? There's, or nothing good happens after 1 a.m. I don't know, whatever the quote is. You guys know what I'm talking about. So the point is that sometimes we go long and we know it's a bad idea. So subhanAllah, may Allah protect us and let's always remember as Allah Ta'ala tells us, مَا يَلْفِذُ مِنْ قَوْلٍ إِلَّا لَدَيْهِ رَقِيبٌ عَتِيدٌ That a human being doesn't utter a single word except that there is an observer prepared to record it. Everything is being recorded, so may Allah protect us. So with that, I will close and I will hopefully open it up for comments and questions. And I always, as, as I always try to remind everybody that, you know, uh, participating and, and, and being, um, what's it called, like interacting with the information in your mind and then mentioning something is the best way to memorize and remember the information and apply the information. Because if not, then information goes in one ear and out the other, and that's not the best uh, way of doing things. So I uh, hope we can have a very uh, lively discussion. Jazakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.